0: He took a pork, like a pig, cut its head off, nailed it to their front door, and then took the intros of that pig and put it in their car.
1: Ooh, Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we'll get to that. <laughs> I think what our uh, goal here is we're just going to judge the shit out of Hunter S. Thompson's life choices. But not in a bad way. <laughs> Probably not. Most likely not. Hey there, fancy people. It is Caleb James and Spencer, the Jamaican Jerky Boy Church. What's up, Spencer?
0: Hey, that's that might be the weirdest one yet. I don't...
1: I was thinking of something Guatemalan, but I couldn't think of a G word that sounded good to go with it that wasn't offensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, Today's episode is going to be quite interesting. We decided we're just going to go down and read some of these insane facts about our man, Hunter S. Thompson. Um, we already did in the past his daily routine, which was mostly just cocaine, various other drugs, and a little bit of writing. So I think this will be pretty fun.
0: More in-depth look into the madness that is. I
1: kind of look into the broken mind of a weird guy who is only parallel to maybe Johnny Depp. Yeah,
0: which I guess would make sense for. Yeah,
1: it was a close friend of his who did him in, you know, played him in the movie. And he also kind of went off the deep end. I mean, Johnny Depp is like Hunter S. Thompson if Hunter S. Thompson was still alive. Just bought a bunch of mansions and is doing crazy shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're also drinking B&B's, Benedictine and brandy, so strong drinks for a strong podcast.
0: Oh, is that that why we're drinking it?
1: That's our sponsor. Oh, okay. I mean, not really, but Uh, we've got to start practicing for when we get sponsors. See, I got to add a nice, like, Benedictine. Gotta let it roll off the tongue.
0: Gotta get your announcer voice going.
1: I don't know about that. I wish I had an announcer voice. Sometimes I hear people on different podcasts and I'm like, that motherfucker's got a good voice and they don't even do podcasts like they're a guest or something. That always pisses me off. We got like a Kevin Smith. That's like a perfect podcaster voice. Yeah.
0: Well, he's also been doing it for 10 years and he has all that talking experience from his shows and stuff. So I remember I was listening to one of his podcasts and they played like a video of him like right before he went out to film school. Now, granted, you know, that's forever ago, through so your voice changes throughout time, but it's it, it was weird to see the influx of, like, how someone's voice changes throughout the year, and then you in you know, that was before all, like, the cigarette smoking, and then moved to the weed smoking and stuff, which I'm sure you know.
1: Yeah, the weed smoking <laughs> probably deepens it a little. I mean, look at, um, uh, what the fuck was her name from? She was on American Horror Story a bunch of times. Stevie Nicks. Of course, hers might have been from cocaine used to. uh, That didn't do it? Yeah, she was from Fleetwood Mac, the singer. You hear her now. She sounds very shitty. (laughs) She sounds like she gargled glass and dog shit. (laughs) Like, it's bad. And not just, like, normal dog shit, like the white dog shit that's been in the the sun. The The real hard, rocky, jagged dog shit. (laughs) We We probably shouldn't make fun of Stevie Nicks. She's very beloved in the... LGBTQ community, and I don't want to offend them,
0: yeah.
1: but I can't say I'm a big fan of Stevie Nicks, at least now. Anyway, we're going to get right into this topic, because we picked it at random and decided to talk about yeah. it. All right. There's 42 of these motherfuckers. I don't know if we'll cover all these. Yeah, I don't.
0: I don't we might,
1: mean... at the most, just read some of like the yeah. titles if they're not interesting enough, but 42, always thinking outside the box. See, that seems a little vague. Uh, before we, this is from Factinate.com. So shout out to Factinate.com for creating a list of Hunter S. Thompson's unusual habits and life choices.
0: I'm sure they had fun making this this list, doing all that research. And
1: we'd probably get a lot more views on the site if we start doing lists like this. Yeah. I mean, you get a comic book article that you slap together that went viral. I mean, <laughs> why why win this? <sighs> Still angers you, huh? You, you can you sit there for two weeks writing a story and get fucking 20 views. And be like, uh And then you do a comic book article and it literally gets over 100 views a day.
0: Yeah, yeah like, it's, it's, you should be, it's something you should be happy about, but in the, in a way it's not.
1: I remember editing that after you wrote it, just like adding pictures and stuff. And I was like, nobody's going to read this.
0: Yeah. That was like one of the first like early on things that we did for the website.
1: Yeah, I don't know why that took off so much. Because we had a, so, another one, what was that one, the strongest Marvel DC heroes or something? Something like that, yeah. And then we had one that was the same thing, it was just the villains, strong villains. And that one did okay. It, it didn't do it fucking didn't go viral, that's for sure. Alright, so always thinking outside the box. I'm going to read this from the site itself. When he was a teenager, Thompson allegedly made an electric go-kart out of a washing machine engine... Sadly, the detergent wasn't included. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I'm already regretting reading this. This (laughs) might be terrible, actually. 41, this is when you were talking about pre-show. Christians eat pork, right? Back in the early 60s, Thompson lived in Big Sur, California. At one point, a group of religious fanatics moved next door, much to Thompson's fury. Not like dismay or anything like that. It had to be fury. He was just so enraged that they moved next door.
0: Which, if they're fanatics, I could understand.
1: Well, let's see if it says anything about that. He voiced his disapproval by nailing a wild boar's head to the door and putting the same boar's entrails in their car. Classy move. Yeah. Who, I, I mean, who wouldn't do that? That's I, welcoming, if anything. I
0: don't know how you don't get arrested.
1: This was probably in the 60s or 70s. Yeah, 60s, that's what it says.
0: Still, though.
1: Was, laws were different back then. Anyway, he there's no record of how quickly they moved again. But since Thompson only had to do it once, we're betting it was the same week. Well, who was moving him? Or the Christians? I'm
0: thinking the Christians.
1: He didn't say why they were fanatic, and why did he hate Christians?
0: I think he probably he just seems like that. He probably hated all religion.
1: But the, enough to get where'd he get a wild boar? Not not a pig, a wild boar, in, B, in California, right? Big Big, Sur. in Big Sur. So he just went out in his backyard, probably. I don't know if you saw the video of him. (laughs) This is my favorite all-time Hunter S. Thompson video, and there's a lot of them. He's wearing these fucking shorty shorts, and he's being interviewed by a reporter at his, like, little ranch or whatever. I forget where he lived, Montana or somewhere. Maybe California. But his neighbor was pissed off at him, and they were shooting guns at each other. Like, they weren't, you know, they were yelling and stuff, but they were across the... like the property lines shooting fucking guns at each other and then Thompson was making fun of him he was like "Oh, it's like a twenty two the guy was shooting or something he was like you try trying to shoot a buckshot he's like you're trying to shoot me with some fucking motherfucking bullshit buckshot and then he shoots him with this fucking giant like revolver I kind of wish I could live his life but how would you after he died I, I think they just outlawed that like for him they would be like okay he could shoot at his neighbors it's fine if we try to do that today no go he got
0: he he grandfathered in he was like well he's been doing this kind of shit for his whole life, so we're just gonna let him
1: get he's not gonna be long too
0: much longer, so we'll just let him get away with
1: it. I think that maybe that still was okay in some parts of Texas, but they still like frown upon that. Number forty, we were somewhere in the atmosphere. For anyone who suspects Thompson might have slowly grown into his rebel persona, things actually began as early as high school. After he was arrested for robbery while in his (laughs) senior year. God damn breaking the Breaking the law of felonies right off the bat, huh? The teenage Thompson was told to either pick jail or military service. I actually did hear about this because I think he picked military service and that was interesting. He was a, That's how he started writing, I think, or at least he wrote while he was in the army. Thompson joined the U.S. Air Force, well, the Air Force, whatever, studying and holding a few different positions until he was honorably discharged in 1958. And one of the greatest understatements ever said, his commanding officer recommended Thompson's discharge, explaining that this airman, although talented, will not be guided by policy. I don't feel he would follow any of the rules.
0: Yeah, that, that, I don't think you, would have a, I think you would have a hard time trying to tell him what to do.
1: But, and this is a big but, if you have a man who's willing to shoot his neighbor over a random dispute... Wouldn't you kind of want that guy in the... Maybe not the Air Force, but Marines?
0: Well, you yeah, figure that happened after this. This so. was in
1: the 60s? What did it say? 60s? He was in high school. Maybe it was the 50s. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I was thinking of Vietnam time. They they went for guys like that, I yeah. thought. But maybe, maybe not before. He was a civil rights supporter. Throughout his life, Thompson was an avid supporter of the civil rights movement. According to actor Benicio Del Toro, who co-starred in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas... He did a great job in that role. Was the yeah. fad? Um, was that guy like Colombian? What was he? Mexican, maybe. I forget what he called him. Um, Thompson kept a large picture of Che. Gue- I always mess up this dude's name. Thompson kept a large picture of Che Guevara in his kitchen. He also wrote critically of the white power structures that existed in America society. In a letter to his friend, he compared Karl Marx to Thomas Jefferson. Well, that's interesting. He also, I remember when he was doing something with the Hell, Hells Angels, he got in a big fight with them over, like, because they were racist and women beaters. So he was kind of a wild guy. Like, the fight to Hells Angels, that takes a lot of balls.
0: Just to even, because didn't he, like, interview them and spend a lot of time with them and stuff? Yeah, he was kind just, of a
1: part of the He wasn't a Hells Angel, but he was part of the group for a while.
0: Just to do that takes balls, like.
1: That's what I'm saying. And that was, like, back then, like, the fucking murdering Hells Angels. They were fucking everybody up. 38. Just add Captain to my list of titles. One of Thompson's lesser-known novels is The Curse of Lono. Lono. I never heard of that one. The story is based on the true story of Thompson's 1980 trip to Hawaii with his good friend Ralph Steadman. They cover the Honolulu Marathon, even as Thompson goes fishing for Marlin and declares himself the, (laughs) the reincarnation of the Hawaiian god Lono. In between these misadventures, the book includes the story of Captain Cook, who visited the Hawaiian Islands, was also considered a reincarnation of Lano and was killed after his welcome was worn out. I didn't really fucking care about that, but what I thought was interesting was how, because he was, you know, he created gonzo journalism, that somewhat fictional style of reporting on events, like you didn't know, like uh, Fear and Loathing, you didn't know how much of that actually happened and how much he just made up, but what I thought was always cool is they just sent him on all these weird trips everywhere. Like, he, here he's doing a trip to Hawaii. He did a... It was like a motorcycle or dirt bike. Some kind of fucking crazy desert race in Fear and Loathing. He fucking covered a campaign trail. He did all kinds of weird stuff.
0: It's kind of like uh, the very earliest versions of, like, a vice. Like, whenever a vice first started.
1: Yeah, just going off and doing all these crazy adventures. And you're getting paid for it. That would be awesome. That would be my dream. I wish I could do that. There's not too many, like publications that do that kind of stuff anymore though like you said Vice but even them they're now
0: they got like, they're like a network now yeah they are they
1: got too big for their britches
0: and they like, show like long order reruns now
1: I know I've seen uh, or I watched YouTube videos on Vox and they do kinda similar things like they go to Colombia and Peru and different places 37 fight fire with fire in 1993 ABC was meant to have an interview with famous Rolling Stone member Keith Richards However, at the last minute, Richards demanded more money and kept the reporter behind a locked door. ABC turned to Thompson to solve the issue, uh, and Thompson deigned to actually help someone out for once. And what did he do? He blasted the door with the recorded sounds of a pig being slaughtered through a megaphone until Richards opened the door. Thompson promptly began interviewing him. To the world's unending delight, the interview's footage still exists and is available online. That might be something we had to check out. We... Oh, man... You know what? How about I look that up and you read the next All one. All right.
0: Well, like I wonder if that, like, if the recording of the pig sound was like from the pig from the here we the wild board. <laughs> yeah. All right. A tropical retreat number thirty six in nineteen sixty. Thomas Thompson moved to Peru. Uh, to work as a sports writer for the magazine, fleeting titled El Splendido. Sorry, that's probably Spanish. I barely speak English, so excuse me <laughs> on that. The ma- the magazine closed shortly after his arrival. We couldn't find it out if any if find out if that was a, punishment to, to the result. Thomas would would go on to write a book about his adventures in Peru. Uh, titled The Drum Diaries, which was turned into a movie starring Johnny Depp as, as Thomason named Paul Kemp in the story, which is like the second time he's played him, right? Cause. Oh uh, yeah.
1: I forgot about the Rum Diary. It's Puerto Rico, not Peru. Oh,
0: my bad. What the fuck is that? El
1: Sportivo? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. That would be a weird job working in Puerto Rico as a sports writer.
0: I'd imagine all you'd really talk about is soccer.
1: And rum. Yeah. Soccer, baseball.
0: Oh yeah, baseball. I think that about
1: baseball. Here's that interview with Keith Richards. Uh, let's see if this picks up on the audio. It's all fucking terrible looking. I'm a doctor of uh well, I'm really <laughs> exempt medicine. A B C incontre. It doesn't have well, the pig well, part. Changed, uh, my eyes and my spine. What yeah. was wrong with the first three? <laughs> you get two people who you <laughs> could barely understand. Yeah, yeah What else did he choose? I, I uh, I, know, I never did, no. That <laughs> was, it, a of, uh, of, no, was a leading edge of... I threw that joke out because I was going to clean up the dope, you know, and, <laughs> and change the blood. Uh, I thought that was... <laughs> <would>, uh, <laughs> n- it now. It's really just nothing but mumbling. we are both <laughs> high as fuck.
0: <laughs> if you subtitle it, it would just be Coke, 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 yeah. Coke, Coke, <laughs> Coke. I mean, who would
1: to change this <laughs> blood? I mean, who would want it? All right, that, that's enough of that. We're not going to make anything heads or tails of that. What a fucking weird interview. Like, that, what, who, that's such a weird coupling of people. They, they got Hunter S. Thompson to interview Keith Richards. Like, that'd be, I don't even know who they compared, Ozzy Osbourne and, I don't even know who you compare that to, like, today. Alright. 35. Peculiar Paradox. Interestingly, Johnny Depp was the reason that the Rum Diary was even published in the first place, as he found the unpublished manuscript. After the book was published in 1998, over 30 years after it was first written, several attempts to adapt it into a movie were made. At one point, Josh Hartnett was set to star in the film as the main character. Depp would eventually play the role of Kemp in 2011, after he would already played the older Thompson in Fear and Loathing more than a decade earlier. Luckily, Depp shows almost no signs of aging so this worked out. Johnny Depp looks weird now.
0: Oh, he... he
1: His face got real fat, and he aged, like, 20 years overnight.
0: He's, like, borderline, um... Uh, what's his face from The Lord of the Rings, almost. Uh, The... The precious... precious. (laughs) Gollum? Yeah, he's, looking a little got me.
1: Yeah, he's creepy looking. I don't know what happened to him. I know what happened to him when he had that whole thing with Amber Heard. Yeah. Like, that just fucking... Cause I watched a video where he was throwing wine bottles or glasses or something at her. Wait, I don't think it was at her. It was like at the wall. He was just really drunk and belligerent. And then I watched some of his concert footage around that time, and he's just like a big fat mess. I don't know what happened.
0: Did you ever uh, see the video of him and her? It was something about like they were going to like Australia, and uh, they tried to bring their dog a lot around with them, and like you like they have like a very strict no pets. Thing. Yeah, they made a big and deal they, about it. And they, the, like, the apology video they made just it looked and sounded like somebody off camera With just a gun, AK was
1: pointing at him. Yeah, just holding an AK at him. 34. Apparently, Hunter S. Thompson spent a lot of time in just these weird tropical areas. South American sounds nice. Thompson wasn't just limited to North America on his travels. Well, fucking obviously, because yeah. we already talked about Puerto Rico and Hawaii. Well, I guess Hawaii is... North America. That's like Pacific. That can't be North America. No. I mean, it's the part of the U. I never thought about that. Hawaii is a part of the U.S., but like, Ala- well, Alaska would be North America, but <laughs> this is
0: way, yeah, way north, way north.
1: But Hawaii is in the Pacific, so why? I don't know. That's very weird. So if you just can like, if we just took over, if we, fucking piece of garbage, stupid Facebook bullshit. Because I signed on to, or I went on uh, the browser. Anyway, but Hawaii, like, if we took over Australia, that's even farther out. I mean, would we still say, oh, it's North America because it's U.S. owned? Or do we become global?
0: I think it's just America. America.
1: Anyway, Thompson wasn't just limited to North America on his travels. Bouncing between jobs, Thompson spent several months in Brazil, writing for its only English-language daily newspaper in Rio de Janeiro. I really want a job like that. Like, I would fucking go, well, maybe not Brazil... Like Argentina or something. If they had an English-only magazine or something, I would fucking live there. Somewhere where they got nice coffee shops.
0: (laughs) You big coffee guy? Yeah. Like like enough like that's the sale. Like, I got a nice coffee shop,
1: I don't know if you know this about Argentina, but they have 24-hour cafes everywhere. And I'm talking um, bookstore cafes. And they have a shitload of bookstores. But here's a big selling point for you maybe. They're like one of the top steak places in the world, and their food's real cheap but they give you big portions, and they just like, that's the big thing, it's just beef. I do love me some steak. I know you love you some meat, boy. Yeah. I like me that meaty feel in my (laughs) mouth. It's real good-like. Tell us how you really feel. One person who received the ire of Thompson's wrath was Richard Nixon, a man who could shake your hand and stab you in the back at the same time, according to Thompson. Even in 1994 after the former president's death, Thompson minced no words when he declared that Nixon's coffin should have been launched into one of those open sewage canals that <laughs> empty into the ocean just south of Los Angeles.
0: Oh, wow. He
1: was a swine of a man and a jabbering dupe of a president. A dupe. I love that word. Never never heard it used like that. Dupe. Sadly, he was not permitted to write Nixon's official obituary. Oh, that would have been great. Fuck do I wish Thompson was alive when President Trump was in office? He should
0: have ruined it anyways.
1: Oh, I wish he did. Could you imagine if Hunter S. Thompson was alive for the last, like, when did he die? I think he was still alive when first Bush was in. I think he didn't like him. But, like, I want to see what he would think about Trump or just any of the people in Congress at all at this point. Because he hated a lot of government officials to begin with. Just see all the, like, a fucking month-long shutdown.
0: (laughs) Well, and then, like, uh, I don't know, because we haven't gone all the way through the uh, this uh, article yet, but there wasn't there, like, a story where, like, some guy was running for, like, Congress somewhere, or, like, maybe even president, and he just started making up lies about him and fake stories,
1: and... And that guy and, didn't get elected. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that might have had been the uh, fear and loathing on the campaign trail. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. 32, no fan of bills. It wasn't just Republicans who angered Thompson, however... He also voiced his displeasure for President Bill Clinton, remarking that Clinton was every bit as corrupt as Nixon, but a lot smoother. Given Clinton's famous saxophone solo on the Arsenio Hall show, we're inclined to agree with Thompson there. That's fucking stupid. So he hated Bill Clinton. He didn't like Bill Clinton. Who did he like? Nobody. You figure that might have been the kind of guy he would... I don't think he... I think he just liked hating everybody. He seemed like a very angry man at times. Who did he like besides drug dealers and drug users? 'Cause I've read his liter- his uh letters when he worked for Rolling Stone to other writers and it was always just shitting on them real hard.
0: And he think that the drug dealers and other druggies he probably didn't really enjoy them. He was just like a means to an end.
1: True. Thirty one, I'm sure he appreciated that. Never mind. Cartoonist Gary Trudeau famously used Thompson as the model for his character of Duke, the protagonist in Trudeau's Doonesbury cartoon strip. Reportedly, and in true Thompson spirit, Thompson once commented that he never met Trudeau. If he ever met Trudeau, he would set him on fire. (laughs) Seems a little harsh. Well, there's a little picture from, I'm assuming, the comic strip, and it does look just like him. Like, nowadays, couldn't you sue for that? if somebody used your likeness in a cartoon of any kind?
0: Yeah.
1: 30, before Gonzo was a Muppet. Well, yeah, from the Muppet Babies. In 1970, Thompson was struggling to meet the deadline for an article he was meant to write. The article, titled The Kentucky Derby, is decadent and depraved, eventually became written from pages in Thompson's personal notebook. It was written from a subjective first-person perspective, feverish in its intensity and sometimes blending fact and fic- with fiction. This style became known as gonzo journalism, and Thompson would employ it for the rest of his life.
0: That could be the only kind of journalism I think I could do. Like, I don't think I could be a real, like, journalist and, like, write that kind of stuff. I just don't think...
1: Here's my problem with journalism. I don't like doing the research part. Yeah. Not even necessarily the research. Like, doing all the citations, like, citing all your sources and everything. Like, that's a lot of fucking work. Like, the biggest story I think of last year or this year, I think it was, like, a New York Times story about... Trump's taxes or something they they took a whole year to come up with this story like researching writing a whole fucking team and it was the top story for a day and then it just faded away after like the, after the week nobody even talked about it's it
0: probably faded away to how big Kim Kardashian's ass is
1: fucking large we can't talk too much I got Kanye coming on the show in a couple <laughs> weeks I don't want to piss him off Kim Kardashian seems like a very nice lady <laughs> What she lacks in talent...
0: She makes up in diaper butt.
1: In (laughs) in diaper butt. I mean, what do you do if you have a diaper butt? Do you have a special toilet?
0: Oh, that thing has to be... Well, not only is that toilet probably made out of gold. Most likely.
1: Oh, I see that. Yeah, definitely gotta be gold. But yeah,
0: it probably has to be huge. Uh, Well, I'm not so much... Like... like, Because I imagine... As long as you got a sturdy enough toilet... They can withstand the extra weight... My thing is like the fucking wrap around to clean up a- afterwards. Like at, at, she's gonna be to the point where she's gonna be like a, like a like a wiping stick or something. Like fat people need to get back there to clean up.
1: I thought that was little people.
0: Well, fat. I mean, like when you get really fat, you can't. You know.
1: Yeah, but I think at some point you stop caring if you get that big. Well, Look, yeah. I, I, I'm saying like I don't think that I don't think those people are wiping too much at that point. But what well, they fucking care?
0: Well. And then uh, Kim Kim Kardashian probably has some kind of special, like, champagne bidet or something, probably.
1: Yeah, what are we talking about? She doesn't wipe. (laughs) She got a fucking little robot ass sprayer that just shoots right up in there.
0: That'll probably pay somebody to wipe for her.
1: Yeah, there's a little guy named Santiago in her bathroom that comes out of the wall. Just his hand, just pat, 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 pat. Well, fucking, course there is. I mean, why would it be any different? Yeah, why wouldn't there be that? The real question is, is that ass, you said, wait, do you think it's heavy or do you think it's just fluff?
0: Well, I, when you take collagen and flat fat from other things and shove it in there...
1: Yeah, but I don't know... it's if, not like she got
0: it from doing squats or anything.
1: Well, definitely not. What I want to say is it doesn't look good. No. But at one time it did. It did. At one time it did. Here's the question. Did she keep injecting fat into it or whatever she does or did she just kind of let it go and then after a while it just turns to that? Because Nicki Minaj has the same ass now. I don't know if you noticed. She got the big diaper butt. Yeah. Hers might be a little smoother but if you see her in clothes they always pan away at award shows because her ass looks weird. And I'm wondering is uh, who's the youngest one? Kylie Jenner? I think like, so. Like The billionaire one from her fucking makeup line which doesn't piss me off at all. <laughs> she, uh... She got her ass done, and it looks weirdly not round i don't I can't even explain it like long, wide, oblong like if you look at it, you could say that's it's like it, not a real ass so
0: wait, is it shaped like an egg or something
1: yeah, that's a, like the out, like if you just had a side of an egg so her
0: like so like if you put an egg on its side, that's like looking at her ass
1: yeah, if you like had an egg in a bowl of water and only half of it was a you know afloat. Yeah. So I'm wondering, is her ass going to be like that when she's older? Because I don't know if you've seen her face, but it's starting to get fucked up looking already. Like she does a lot of makeup and stuff, but it just, it doesn't look right. It looks, it looks like you're looking at a doll or something. There's, it's not human. And I'm trying to think, are, is anyone in that family human looking? They all have the fake butts. The uh, Kendall Jenner. I think she's like normal looking. I saw her in a little dicky video recently and she doesn't look weird. The big one? No, she's no, the, skinny. Uh, oh,
0: the one that like is popping out of all the babies.
1: No, that's Courtney, I think. No, not Courtney was the short. Bought. That's Chloe. You're talking about oh, OJ's daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah OJ she, Simpson's daughter. Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a large lady, but she got a lot of work done. I don't know if the Courtney one, she's the oldest, I think. I don't know. Why are we fucking talking about this? Dude, no. Damn it. They infiltrated the fucking DPW podcast. I'm sorry, folks.
0: Thank you, bud.
1: This is supposed to be an intellectually stimulating conversation about Hunter S. Thompson's drug use. And here we are talking about the Kardashians' butts. Again. 29. (laughs) Neptune nearly got me. In 1972. Her fucking butt, though, looks so weird. I don't like it. I just I, I know I shouldn't judge, and it's not my place. She could have a butt however she likes, but it just pisses me off that people enjoy it so much.
0: What looks more weird, Kim Kardashian's ass or all of uh, Caitlyn Jenner? Just uh, all of it.
1: I thought you were going to say a moon crater, but
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to keep it in the family.
1: Well, Caitlyn Jenner...
0: It's a beautiful lady.
1: Beautiful, brave woman. <laughs> Who happens to look a lot like Bruce Jenner, but a little smoother, I guess. Well, you know what, Caitlyn Jenner must be getting more work done, or just looking better, the hormones or something, because Cindy Crawford got mistaken for Caitlyn Jenner at a show recently, and I seen the picture and I kind of saw it. How would
0: that make? Well, she's you? older
1: now. I mean, yeah. she's like fifty or sixty. So, but I saw it. I looked at it. and I was like, oh yeah, I can, I can kind of see. She don't have the annoying voice.
0: That still pissed me off,
1: though. You know what irritates me? There's this app I found. It's, I think it's called Cameo. And you can get, there's a whole list of, like, celebrities. I mean, the most famous one I saw in there was probably, like, Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a Peyton Man, I don't even think it was Peyton man Brett Favre. Like, just, like, lower celebrities. And they'll do, for certain prices, they'll do shout-outs for you. Like, birthday uh-huh. or whatever you say. on your, Like, on your phone. Well, one of them was Caitlyn Jenner. And surprise, she was the most expensive one at a $1,000. Now, a lot of fucking people that were on there, like, for movies and TV shows, and stuff, even Wesley, Wesley Snipes was, like, 500 bucks or something. and That's he's, not bad. He's been in A-list movies, but a lot of them, like, That's Bam, Blade. like your, uh, yeah, Blade. But, like, your Bam Margeras and different ones like that, they're, like, 30 bucks. Really? Yeah, you can get, like, I guarantee if you look on there, you can find a bunch of people you enjoy, and it's, like, $20. And you can get them to say pretty much whatever you want. I mean, they won't probably get gross. <clears throat> but I was very surprised. Like, not not promoting cameo, but I was entertained because you could watch the videos of other shout-outs. And I was watching some people that were just really funny because, for instance, they had the the great Kali from Wrestling who doesn't huh. speak English. Yeah. And they just literally had some guy behind the camera. You could hear him saying, okay, Kali, say, happy birthday, Brendan. And then Kali just goes... Brendan, and I'm just like it's so fake and I was like who bought that but then I kind of thought for five bucks I'd pay for that yeah like I thought about I was looking for one um, just like random people that I might get just to do it and just give them give a fucking random shout out just yeah, to be for hilarious like
0: for like the website or something
1: well I never really yeah we could do that just have DPW shout outs get a whole bunch of them ah see now we gotta look up because they, they always change I guess like there's different rotating celebrities I'm trying to think. Pretty much any, like, Steel City convention, all of those people were there, for sure. Oh, yeah? And they're all, like, 20 bucks. Like I said, some of the bigger names, like, people have won Oscars, or there's a lot of Hall of Fame sports stars. Some of them might be a little more expensive. But Caitlyn, uh, Caitlyn Jenner was a 1,000 bucks. That was the most expensive one I saw. And I don't know why. Who's paying for that? The second most expensive was, a fucking some old guy from Shark Tank. Forget his name. He, uh... He charged like eight or nine hundred dollars. I was like, I don't even know who this fucking dude is. Um, he has some stupid nickname on there. He's like the bald fat guy.
0: Oh, I I can picture the guy you're talking about, but I don't know his name or nothing.
1: I, he's the one that I don't think anybody likes. The only person, the only person from Mark Shotgun. Cuban. Yeah, that's it. I saw Charles Barkley on there once.
0: Was he trying to sell something or?
1: No, he was judging. Because I didn't think he would have money
0: to invest in anything. The one
1: I saw him and it was this stuff you snort. It was like cocaine, but it wasn't. It was like this tube, and I guess it wakes you up and makes you alert. And he, they all did it, and they're all. They got all. It was like they're on cocaine. They're like, "Fuck yeah!" Like they're all pumped up. I was like, I kind of want that. Maybe it's legal cocaine. I don't know. Cocaine. Where were we? Neptune nearly got. This is gonna be 12 hours longer at this <laughs> rate. We, I don't think we're covering all these. Neptune nearly got me. In 1972, Thompson covered the Democratic Convention for Rolling Stone. Since it also took place in Miami that year, he decided to go for a swim on the beach after he was finished. As might be considered typical of his luck, a tropical storm happened to hit the coast that night, causing Thompson's evening swim to turn into a furious struggle to stay alive. Well, fuck. I bet he was drunk. (laughs) He finally did survive, but he didn't reach dry land until 9 a.m. the next morning. What the fuck time did he go out? That's ridiculous. I feel like if we just had one year of his life, we would have lived a good life.
0: I don't think I could have done it. Like, I don't think I could do a year of his...
1: Definitely not the drug use. That'll fuck you up. But even just going to all the places he went to and fighting people and... Again, that goes with the drugs, because you're not trying to light people on fire if you're not on drugs, I don't think.
0: Like, you're probably not catching a wild boar and... Tapecating it and pulling its intro out if you're not on something.
1: Yeah, that's that seems a little harsh. Plus, wild boars are big. They how do you capture? It? I, that's they didn't. This fucking article's already pissing me off <laughs> because they're not going into the details you want. Like it doesn't explain. Like it didn't explain why he hated the Christians so much. It didn't explain how he got the pig. Like I want details, and I'm not Googling all this shit. Twenty eight, an explosive combination. Throughout his life, Thompson was an enthusiast of guns and drugs alike. He was a member of the National Rifle Association and collected a huge amount of different guns. He also campaigned for the legalization of all drugs, pointing out that while there might be some trouble with it, it would be better in the long run. Which is funny because now that's what a lot of people are calling for. Yeah. Seriously, not as, you know, some weird whack job writer that's just talking about it, you know, like the eight or the sixties when everyone was already on drugs.
0: Well isn't there this someplace like Legalized like everything and like all their like drug uses like dropped. Crazy. Venezuela, maybe? Something or
1: like Ar- that. not Argentina. Venezuela. One of those South American countries like that. Yeah. They decriminalized all drugs and it dropped dramatically. Which was his quote Look at prohibition. All it did was make a lot of criminals rich. True. Agree with them or not, this did make some good points. Yeah, Prohibition, all that made is your Al Capone's and the Kennedy family and a bunch of people that got rich off of bootlegging, and now who's getting rich? People that, you know, sell drugs. And once marijuana has become legal in a lot of places, the fucking drug dealers have fallen yeah, off, because like, what are they going to do?
0: Yeah, like the cartels and everything. That-
1: Put it this way, if you can buy drugs anywhere, who the fuck is going to sell them once you can already, like, there's no business for them anymore, because once the government gets their foot in, like, okay, we're selling this shit. Of course, if you go conspiracy-wise, maybe the government's already selling them. Wink, wink. Anyway, according to Alex Jones. You ever see his gay fish rant?
0: No. Really? He has, he has a gay fish rant?
1: Oh, let me bring that up. Here, you can read the next so, one. I'm going to bring up Alex Jones' gay fish rant because it is my favorite thing on the internet.
0: So which one uh, Which one are we on to? Number 20, 27. 27. So the Z on his forehead stood for a zoo. Thomas, like, like any true aesthetic, uh, kept a man of pets throughout his life. A few of the more notable pets he kept were a pair of a, a pair of uh, peacocks, a monkey. The monkey was said to have had a taste for alcohol, which isn't surprising. Doesn't surprise me in the least. At, at, at all. Though he... Although we're not sure... If that was uh, the only issue when it came to Thomas's pet. Yeah, you think all of them would be into like drugs and cocaine and
1: What is it about rich eccentrics that have to have exotic animals? Like Michael Jackson had fucking bubbles, he had a bunch of animals, Mike Tyson had tigers. Well, like, once you get rich, do you just have to buy exotic animals?
0: Yeah, what else are you gotta use your money on?
1: True. I would have a tiger if I could. Wrestle it. Here is Alex Jones gay frogs. I think I can't find the original, but this this is probably more enjoyable. Oh, wait a minute. Let's get through the 20-minute survey. Cause everybody does these surveys, I'm sure, on YouTube. Here we go. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? I turn the friggin' frogs gay. Boom, boom, serious crap. Gay. Frogs, friggin' frogs, boom. It's not funny. <laughs> I'm gonna say the frogs, the frogs, the frogs. Gay. Alright, alright, that's enough of that (laughs) That might need to be my new ringtone Wait, just one more Couple more seconds (laughs) (laughs) Okay That needs to be
0: like at a rave just with glow sticks. Mm-mm. Turn the frogs
1: gay. They did turn the frogs gay. I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were double chemicals in the water, and the frogs were turning gay. Fuck. I don't even. <laughs> I don't know how you followed that up. Well, something extremely boring. Apparently. We need a, We need
0: to. That's like when we. That needs to be the outro of the podcast.
1: Just change up the music. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I will for this one. Just fade in. They turn to freak the frog You'll see how angry he is, he's slamming shit real hard on his desk. Yeah, this is my by far my favorite Alex Jones video I've ever seen. Twenty six, don't forget to vote. Starting in nineteen seventy one, Thompson followed the re election campaign of former president Richard Nixon and the failed campaign of Democratic governor, George Mc Democratic candidate George McGovern. This is what you were talking about earlier. He wrote many articles for Rolling Stone and they were eventually converted into a new book called Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72, which focused almost entirely on the Democratic Party's attempt to find a candidate to beat Nixon in the election. I think that's the one he was—he uh, ruined his chances. Yeah, so he did some shit. 25. Smuggling an elephant one tusk at a time. That already sounds great. Yeah. In 19, Wait, one tusk at a time. Maybe that doesn't sound great. 1974... The world was turning, tuning in to watch the infamous rumble in the jungle fight between Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Pre-grill, well, no shit. Getting tickets? Can you imagine if George Foreman in the, his heyday of boxing was just fucking grilling still? <laughs> I think everybody just saw him as the big lovable teddy bear, but then he goes in the ring and just murders everybody. Getting tickets for this fight were impossible to get. Yeah, getting tickets for this fight were impossible to get. So it was lucky that Thompson and his illustrator Ralph Steadman got free tickets and travel expenses to Zaire. known now known as the Congo, from Rolling Stone, so they could cover the event in person. See, that would have been awesome if Rolling Stone was still popular enough you could get a job at and they would send you places like that. Yeah. Instead, Thompson allegedly either gave away or sold the tickets and to the fucking biggest sporting event of all time. <laughs> like, he just gave them away. And, and he gave them away or sold them and went on safari looking for pygmy tribes. There's no evidence that he ever found any pygmies, But he did purchase ivory from some locals, which caused a huge incident when he was stopped at the airport trying to take the ivory back home without paying customs. That's completely illegal now, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's that's something you would get in trouble for. That's... Can't do that shit now.
1: No, and you shouldn't. Fucking crazy man. 24, you asked for it. At one point, Thompson purchased a mail-order doctorate in Divinity, which meant he could legally call himself Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. Can you still do that? I would, I would so pay for that. Fucking right, <laughs> Doctor Spencer Church. Yeah, and, and I would make Doctor pe- in Divinity. <laughs> I would make some people at work call me that too, like. Oh fuck yeah! I want your doctor. You make people call you doctor. It should be illegal not to. When his neighbor, actor Don Johnson, Miami Vice, Django Unchained. Don Johnson was in my Django Unchained. Did you see that
0: movie?
1: Uh, Who the fuck did he play?
0: Was he like one of the like racist slave owners?
1: That was pretty much every white guy in the movie, but I don't know. Fuck, you had Leo DiCaprio, you had Magneto, Michael Fassbender.
0: Was he like one of the people with when Tarantino showed up as like those?
1: Maybe. I didn't know Don Johnson still worked. Anyway, he approached Thompson one day and quizzed him on what the sound of one hand clapping was. (laughs) According to Johnson... Thompson promptly reached out and slapped his neighbor across the head. That seems unnecessary. That's some Rick James shit right there. (laughs) Just fucking assaulting people for no reason. Number 23, no hard feelings then. Surprisingly, Don Johnson and Hunter S. Thompson will work together on a screenplay for a television movie. It was about a police officer dealing with alcoholism and drug addiction, of course, even as he dated the daughter of a mafia chief. Surprisingly, NBC bought the script and turned it into a series called Nash Bridges. Get the fuck out of here. That's what? where Nash Bridges came from? No way. No. Fuck. That's, that's amazing. God damn. God damn. 22. Hey, I wouldn't do that. Everything else? Sure. But not that. When providing his commentary for the film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas... Thompson took personal offense at the scene where the character based on him spitefully tosses his waiter's tip behind him onto the floor. Thompson found it incredibly distasteful and rude, which is an interesting line to draw given that, uh, given what else his character does in the film. Interestingly, the dwarf actor who plays the waiter in that scene had previously appeared in Where the Buffalo Roam. That was the Bill Murray Hunter S. Thompson movie, yeah. which he did a good Hunter S. Thompson also. Young Bill Murray. He was good to waitstaff. It's nice to know. Yeah, I remember seeing that scene in the movie and thinking that was kind of a dick thing to do. There was somebody's tip on the ground. 21, a close shave. The closest I ever gave. To prepare Johnny Depp to play him in the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Thompson personally shaved Depp's head so that their hairlines matched. I feel he could you could just went with the hairdresser on set. Yeah. Like they have a whole team. I'm sure they would have did a fine job of cutting your hair. You don't need a fucking crazy man with a machete. I didn't get there, but I'm assuming. Let's see. Thompson personally shaved his head. Okay. Unfortunately, the Raul Duke hairstyle never caught on, which no doubt crushed poor Thompson's dream of being a single barber. They got a picture. I wish I could put it up. It's audio. Of fucking Thompson cutting Johnny Depp's hair. And he, what is on his head? On Thompson's head? Is it a big light or a camera? I can't tell. I think it's a camera. And I think. But they didn't have GoPros back then. No, it's got a big white thing on the top of it.
0: that maybe, like, that's the flash or something? I don't know.
1: Why would he do that? He's shaving it with a razor, like, just a normal razor. Johnny Depp looks high.
0: Uh, He's probably just high standing next to Tomlin, you know, Hunter Thompson, like. For sure. I think you just get a contact. Even if he hasn't been doing anything, I think you still get a contact, just.
1: Definitely. 20, meet my new friends. To research his 1966 work, Hell's Angels, The Strange and Terrible Saga of the Outlaw Motorcycle Gang, Thompson spent two years living with the Hell's Angels. He was able to glean a great amount of insight into their way of life, witnessing their darker side while still being able to write about it. Well, we covered that. Like I said, there's that interview. It's like in front of a crowd, too. And the biker ends up wanting to beat up Thompson. And I guess they, they beat him up before because he broke up. Like, one of the Hells Angels was beating the shit out of his wife somewhere. And, like, Thompson was like, hey, don't fucking do that. Broke it up. And then they jumped him. And in the interview, like, it was in the 70s, I think. Everybody was laughing and pretty much shitting on Thompson. But he was actually in the right for once. Like, the, they were cheering the Hells Angel guy on. and like, So beating your wife back then apparently was just fine, which was ridiculous. 19. They said we were friends. Unfortunately, Thompson's time with the Hell's Angels didn't end as well as it began on one occasion, Thompson went well, here we go, yeah Thompson witnessed a particularly nasty member of the gang known as Junkie George, really, you think he was nasty? I think junkie George would have been a fine fellow,
0: yeah, sounds like a wrestler though,
1: yeah, yeah, it does that sounds like a combination of junkyard dog and George the animal Steel, yeah. not George the animal Steel, uh yeah, George the animal Steel, why not, Junkie George brutally beating his partner. George also struck his dog when the animal. Oh, come on. Really, Fuck George? Really, fucking George? You beat your wife, then the dog? The, the wife? You could have got some people who could have been like, well, she's maybe been nippy. But the dog? The dog. The dog! George also struck his dog when the animal got in the way of the domestic's bat. So the dog was getting nippy, too. But you don't fucking hit the. Come on. No. What a dick. A disgusted Thompson tried to stop George, insisting that only a punk beats his wife and dog. George respectfully disagreed with the sentiment, showing his difference in opinion with the savage beating that he and his friends bestowed on Thompson. Allegedly, Thompson was very nearly killed by this assault, but luckily he was only hospitalized. That's such a fucking shitty thing because not only beating your dog and uh, your wife, but your friends, like the one guy that tries to step up, your friends are like, no, he should be allowed to beat his wife and dog. How shitty were the Hell's Angels back then? I don't know how shitty they are now, but that's fucked up.
0: Well, they are a b- biker gang.
1: Just because you're a biker gang doesn't mean you beat your dog. Maybe they had different morals back then. 18. Remember those good old days? Because the universe sometimes has a strange sense of humor, Thompson appeared on a CBC chat show in 1967, and the show surprised him by inviting on one of the Hell's Angels who had beaten him with an inch of his life. Apparently, that's I should have fuck- read this fucking list. That's what I just said. That's fucked up. Man. Yeah, that's the one that, that yeah. was Junkie George. That was the interview you could watch on YouTube. This, too, is available to be seen online, and it contains far more audience laughter than a story of white beating. Like I told you, the fucking audience was laughing. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is a horrible story that he told. You think everyone should have been very uncomfortable, but there's, yeah, he beat his wife. And the guy was saying things like, yeah, sometimes you just gotta slap a woman. (laughs) Oh, that canned laughter. 17. Who knew that would be my big break? Despite his near brush with death, the crazy success of Thompson's time with the Hells Angels led to his writing career really taking off. His writing appeared in the New York Times, Harper's Esquire, and Pageant, to name a few magazines that people used to read before the internet changed everything. I will say, I haven't heard of Harper's Esquire, unless it's just Esquire magazine now, and I don't know what pageant is. But people definitely don't read magazines anymore, like I just had a 3 month subscription To the New Yorker, which is like $9 a magazine. I got fucking three months for $5. And then I canceled. So I got like fucking 15 issues of the New Yorker for 5 bucks. Tell me that's not hurting.
0: Did you read any of it?
1: I read a story in one of them. That's it? I just don't got the time, man. I figure maybe one day I'd become the magazine reading type. But I have all these novels. And there's like these things called comic books. And then you got movies and Netflix, and that fucking asshole Netflix. Goddamn
0: Netflix! They
1: keep putting out these good shows. There's so many, I can't even keep up. Now they got a new Viking show I want to watch, and it's like, God damn it, son of a bitch! Sixteen, a hipster hippie. Despite Thompson's embracing of the late '60s counterculture movement, he was also very critical of it in his writing. Thompson took unbridge with the hippies who claimed to be left-wing and political when really they were just after drugs. Well, that's like the big thing that they always uh, make fun of hippies for anyway, right? Drugs. Yeah. Like back then, any kind of political movement they tried to start, oh, they're just a bunch of dope heads. Fuck them. So they ignored them. Apparently Hunter S. Thompson didn't care for that either, surprisingly. <laughs>
0: Is that ironic?
1: Right. 15. The Origins of Fear and Loathing. The book that would launch Thompson into American literary history was a case of Thompson initially planning to write one thing and then writing about something else entirely. In 1971, he and the Chicano activist and attorney Oscar Zeta Acosta, known to you all as Dr. Gonzo, were initially going to write about the death of Mexican-American journalist Ruben Salazar. Thompson and Acosta went to Las Vegas for a more relaxed atmosphere, taking advantage of an offer from Sports Illustrated to cover a race being held in the desert. Weeks later, they went back to cover the National District Attorneys Association conference on narcotics and dangerous drugs. It's a horrible name. Yeah. <laughs> it's so long. During this, they proceeded to embark on a series of misadventures that would form a manuscript. Thompson would write and submit to Rolling Stone. That had to be such a fucking weird thing. Be like being so high on drugs and then you go to a narcotics conference with a bunch just full of cops.
0: Do they know? Do they know?
1: Well, if you read the book, it's hilarious how he describes it because. He's like talking to all these fucking meathead cops, and he's just high as shit the whole time. Directors come and go. Among the directors who tried and failed to get a movie adaptation of Fear and Loathing off the ground were Martin Scorsese, Alex Cox, and Oliver Stone. The project that was finally made was directed by Terry Gilliam, who had only briefly been in Las Vegas before, but still connected with the book immediately when it first came out. A lot of people didn't like that movie. I thought it was, like, I felt it was very close to the book. And it was very, I thought it was entertaining.
0: Yeah, Though so I would have liked to see a uh, Martin Scorsese one. I think that could have been.
1: Yeah, but I feel like there would be a lot more Goomba shooting people.
0: Yeah. that I wouldn't want a Rolling Stone or an, an Oliver Stone just because he always has a level of kind of bullshit in his...
1: Yeah, that JK, JFK movie he did? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel. I don't, I'm trying to think if I've ever watched any Oliver Stone movies. Here's the next one. I'm going to look up Oliver Stone movies. Mm-hmm. Do,
0: do, 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 do. All right, 13. On second thought, let's bring back the jabbering dupe. Uh, Tomlinson was famous for his hatred for President Richard Nixon, and the feeling was neutral because Nixon ended up uh, him from, buying him from the White House. However, Tomlinson uh, found an even bigger fish to fry when George W. Bush was elected, president in 2002 he even remarked if Nixon were running I would happily vote for him instead we're sure the ghost of Nixon had a good long chuckle about that one
1: so yeah yeah that's what I thought I don't think he liked George Bush that's pretty interesting he actually disliked him more than he disliked Nixon because he really disliked Nixon
0: yeah that's kind of surprising out of the two
1: yeah How we were just talking about Oliver Stone movies. He did Natural Born Killers, which... Yeah. Kind of had a feel of fear and loathing. Like, it was really weird and had fucking crazy wild shots and all kinds of colors and things. So, it could have worked. I don't know if I'm a big Oliver Stone fan. I did like that movie. 12. Things That Fall Apart. Sadly, things eventually became strained between Thompson and Rolling Stone. In 1976, he was asked to go to South Vietnam and report on the end of the Vietnam War. Thompson agreed and traveled to the war-torn region even as most, po- most people were trying to flee. While there, he found out the Rolling Stone publisher, Jan Wenner, had pulled the plug on the story without telling Thompson. That's a fucked up thing to do. Yeah. He was left in South Vietnam without support or even health insurance. His report on the fall of Saigon wasn't even published until a decade later. You send a dude to a war zone and then just cut it and just leave him stranded? I think they just wanted to get him killed.
0: You know what, I've been thinking throughout this whole list of how crazy, like, all of this happened before, like, we were even thought of by, like, our parents.
1: Yeah, I like, wasn't even a fucking twinkle like, in the old man's eye.
0: Just, like, the kind of, like, life that this guy had.
1: It makes me feel like I haven't done anything.
0: Not jack shit.
1: I mean, just a fucking trip to Vietnam in wartime is more than enough for anybody to write about, and he did that just on a whim. Well, he did that as a... He was doing it for them, and then they just fucking blew him off. Eleven, at least it was a genuine accident. When a bear appeared at the lodging of Thompson's assistant, Deborah Fuller, Thompson did the gentlemanly thing and tried to scare it away with gunfire. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Unfortunately, when Thompson fired at the ground near the bear, the shotgun pellets ricocheted back up and hit Fuller in the arm and leg. According to Fuller, Thompson felt horrible about the accident, and she did not file charges against him. And then they have a picture of him, and they look lovely together. He's in a big robe.
0: (laughs) We'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to look at what's... He has like a fucking five TV remotes, like, glued or nailed to his wall. Yeah, he has like five remotes just hooked to his wall. That's weird.
0: And it looks like they're in his kitchen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely in the kitchen.
0: Is that a cake in front of them?
1: Yeah, and it looks like a heart. heart's on it, maybe? a wiener?
0: Maybe it was somebody's birthday or something.
1: I wish they had some context to these pictures. They just post them. Number 10. They that live by the gun. In February 2005, doc, Dr. Hunter S. Thompson... <laughs> I love that doctor. Yeah. Dr. Hunter S. Thompson was in a state of depression. His health problems were increasing. Football season was over. And the February weather wasn't helping his mood. On the 20th of the month, his son Juan brought his family up to visit Thompson. During the day, Thompson called his wife Anita, who was at the Aspen Club. While he was on the phone with her, he cocked a gun and then took his own life as she was hanging up. When his son discovered Thompson, he allegedly called the police and walked outside to fire three shotgun blasts to mark the passing of his father. No doubt Thompson would have reproved of that. When police looked into Thompson's typewriter, they found a paper with only February 22nd, 05, written on it in the word, Counselor. It's weird. I didn't know he had a kid. I wonder what he's up to now. I wonder what his kid's name is. Juan, Juan Thompson, I guess. Hunter S. Thompson. He said when the when the fun was over, he didn't even want to get old. Like for him, being however old he was, like that was way too old. Because he always talked about he wanted to die before he stopped enjoying life. Yeah. So that was kind of destined to happen. Like he always said, that's how he's going to go.
0: It's kind of surprised it didn't even happen sooner. Like yeah. it lasted that that you know he made it that long.
1: Well, here we go. Lived and died by his principles. According to his friend and longtime collaborator, collaborator, Ralph Steadman, Thompson had lived under the belief that a man was truly trapped if he couldn't take his own life at any moment, and his worsening medical condition would have affected that ability. Thompson also left a suicide note titled, Football Season Is Over. That reflected this philosophy. It read, No more games, no more bombs, no more walking, no more fun, no more swimming. 67. That is 17 years past 50. 17 more than I needed or wanted. Boring. I am always bitchy. No fun for anyone. 67. You are getting greedy. Act your old age. Relax. This won't hurt. Fuck. When I mean, he went out on his own terms. Yeah. I mean, he still lived pretty old. He could have definitely died a lot uh, younger.
0: Yeah, especially considering the things that he was into.
1: And I don't know if you um ever watched his interviews he did like around that time. They got in local talk shows and Jimmy Kimmel, things like that. Or whatever, whoever the fuck, Letterman. He was kind of, he wasn't incoherent, but he was definitely harder. mean, he always mumbled, but you could tell he was still on drugs and stuff. So he, he never really stopped like the party life. So surprise, his medical condition wasn't worse. Eight, now that's a way to sign off. In true Hunter S. Thompson style, his ashes were fired out of a cannon on top of a 153 foot tower. All while Bob Dylan's Mr. Tambourine Man played in the background. The funeral, which reportedly cost $5 million, was paid for by Johnny Depp. Among those in attendance were Ralph Stedman, Benicio Del Toro, Jack Nicholson, no hard feelings about his birthday scare, we see, Bill Murray, Sean Penn, Josh Hartnett, and surprisingly, Senators, Senators George McGovern and John Kerry.
0: That is surprising.
1: Yeah, because, uh thought George McGovern wouldn't like him and John Kerry. That's a weird one. Wait, what was the Bert Jack Nicholson birthday scare? Did we miss that? I, I
0: don't think they talked about
1: it. Yeah, what the fuck is... What was that one?
0: Maybe it's the next fact.
1: I read about that sometime in the past, but I don't, I don't remember seeing that. Seven, Sheriff Thompson on duty. In one of his most bizarre accidents, incidents, Thompson ran for the position of Sheriff of Pitkin County, Colorado in 1970. Thompson promised to legalize the recreational use of drugs, put a hype ban on all buildings in the county, and renamed Aspen Fat City. <laughs> Much to everyone's surprise, including his own, Thompson was set to win the election, but the Democratic and Republican candidates consolidated their votes, narrowly defeating Thompson in his freak power ticket. When you force the Democrats and Republicans to work together, you know you stirred the pot. Fuck, I didn't know they could do that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that was a, a thing. And how they would even go about doing that.
1: No, they didn't. Anything to let, let them not win, I guess. Number six, let me show you my gun collection. In the mid-80s, a very wealthy businessman named Floyd Watkins bought the ranch next to Thompson in Aspen, Colorado. The two men hated each other, but in this case, Watkins alienated himself from the whole town as well. He had made his money in debt collections, and he spent his money fortifying his ranch with stronger and more extreme security measures. He even brought in Bengal tiger tigers onto the property. Thompson must have seen all this protection as a challenge. And like any challenge he face, was faced with, he accepted at full throttle. Thompson drove up to Watkins' mansion and emptied three guns worth of bullets into it before speeding off. But he had to murder the guy? <laughs> By the time he was apprehended, Thompson had an alibi. He was apparently shooting at a porcupine. And his guns had been destroyed so that a ballistics test was out of the question. He walked away from any charges against him. Presumably while flipping both birds at a red-faced Watkins. I'm pretty sure that's the guy in the interview he fucking shot or was shooting that. I'm going to bring that up if you want to read this next one.
0: For Liberty. During his lifetime, Thompson's found the time to save a woman from life imprisonment. Liz Allman was arrested by police in 1998 in an accident where the driver she had been with uh pulled out a gun and shot one of the police before shooting himself. Jesus, due to a bizarre loophole in the law, Ullman was uh deemed responsible for the murder, uh, which is kind of fucked up, despite being handcuffed in the back seat of a cop car when it happened. What kind of loophole is yeah, that? Yeah, that's that's, How? The, that's the shittiest of the loopholes. Now hold on. Loophole. Right, uh, Thomas found out about this injustice and in railroad service celebrities to cause. Finally after Thompson cause with went uh, cause went uh, nationwide and after spending seven years in prison, Almond was released. Sadly, Thomas did not live long enough to greet Almond when she got out, but we can imagine his ghost nodded in approval before uh absent mindedly ghost wrestling with Richard Nixon and Tim- Thompson- Timothy
1: <laughs> Timothy Leary
0: that's that, that's crazy that she had to be in there for that long
1: yeah that's really fucked up here's that here's that uh, it's only 38 seconds long it's called Hunter S. Thompson's America if you want to look it up on YouTube people it's hilarious it's a guy interviewing him and he's like as, while he's being interviewed he's just having a gunfight with his neighbor get up.
0: Shot, you asshole.
1: <laughs> the people who did this uh, declaration of independence and in the constitution were uh good people. <laughs> hey, like, and it's, it's a good place. We are in the middle of it, right? Up on the mountain. If this son of a bitch. Fuck he shoot a desert it? eagle. And <laughs> Well it's our country. It's not there. It's not a bunch of used <laughs> cargoers from Southern California. Well, you so figured he spent so be- much
0: time in war places. Yeah. He probably picked something up. I'm yeah. gonna stop wearing those shirts, by the way, if anybody who watches that
1: video. I think you would look quite good in them. Quite dashing indeed. That's just hilarious. He's yelling at the guy who's shooting fucking birdshot asshole, and he's shooting his big ass gun. Who was the cameraman filming? What was happening that led to that? Because I think he was getting interviewed, but how did he just get into a gunfight? I wish I could have lived next to that dude.
0: What, so you get shot at?
1: Yeah, kind of. I think it would be interesting. Number four, why aren't you laughing? Hunter S. Thompson and Jack Nicholson were allegedly good friends. We say allegedly because one year on Nicholson's birthday, Thompson decided that the best gift he could come up with for his friend was a prank fit to give Nicholson the heart attack of his life. Thompson snuck around Nicholson's house, firing off his gun and playing a tape of animal screams. Why does he always have tapes of animals making loud noises and screaming? It's weird.
0: Always oh, strapped too. Yeah. I, did, I did not know about know that about him. I well, mean, fear and
1: loathing. He always had a gun, didn't he? Yeah. He also left the heart of an elk on Nicholson's doorstep. Jesus Christ. Predictably, a terrified Nicholson called the cops while he and his family hid for their lives. Well yeah, you're a famous actor and you just find fucking animal parts on your porch or something. Number three, we'll call it shotgun golf. That that's a great title. That'd be a good name for a band, shotgun golf. <laughs> can you sing? We can start a band. We'll be shotgun golf. Can
0: you sing or play any instruments?
1: I can do neither.
0: But that hasn't stopped anybody before.
1: But I can mumble rap.
0: That's true.
1: And I can um, just spoken word poetry count like slam poetry. The man shot at the balls of golf.
0: Can you mumble speed rap?
1: Speed rap?
0: You know, like, like the, tech nine. Yeah, like the fast like that. But also just mumble it. It probably
1: just sound like you're speaking Arabic. I don't even want to attempt that, unless you guys want to give us money. We should start doing that. We'll start up a Patreon and just take random suggestions from the fans and just post horribly stupid shit that we can do, which is not much, because I'm not very talented in that regard.
0: Me neither.
1: We'll call it Shotgun Golf. Thompson became acquainted with actor Bill Murray when Murray played Thompson in the film Where the Buffalo Roam. I still need to see that. According to a transcript, Thompson called up Murray at 3 a.m. one morning and pitched a new sport idea to him. The idea involved a kind of clay pigeon shooting, except instead of clay pigeons being launched, a golfer would whack golf balls into the air, while another player would try to shoot the balls with a shotgun. That would be fun, but you have to be really good at shooting, I would think.
0: Well, that's if it is just like a shotgun, and they try to hit it more up than like out. You know what I mean? Yeah, to- but a
1: shotgun is like a, a wide blast, and I, I get it can get a longer, or, you know, more radius. But still, it I mean, wouldn't it have to be close?
0: Well, isn't that how they do like the clay?
1: Don't they have like a. Yeah, but they're bigger, and they shoot, like you said, up. I, I, the point is do you want to be shooting shotguns while balls fly towards you? No. Number two, do we just invent fear factor? sadly it wasn't always a great idea to have murray and thompson in the same room together in the early 1980s the two men got drunk enough that attempting a magic trick in a pool was able to pass for a good idea thompson duct taped murray to a chair and dropped him in the pool (laughs) fuck as you can expect murray couldn't break free in fact he would have drowned if thompson hadn't pulled him back up just in time poor bill murray bill murray's a wild dude too he goes to random bars and just starts bartending like all the time but what he does is, no matter what somebody orders, he just gives them like, a thing of vodka or something. He doesn't actually make the drinks. Number one, I hate it when people play me on screen. Interestingly, in addition to Murray's near-death experience, Thompson nearly killed Johnny Depp, who also played Hunter S. Thompson on film. The actor was staying in Thompson's basement for research purposes. One day, he lit a cigarette, only to notice he was sitting right next to a large stack of dynamite. Thompson hadn't warned him at all about, said dynamite, when Depp moved in.
0: Well, why does he have dynamite?
1: Why wouldn't he? Out of everything else he has, why wouldn't he have dynamite? Now, here's my question to you. Say you have, you ever got to that level of fame, or like a Stephen King level of fame, where people want to play you in movies, do biography biographies on you. How would you feel, and who would you want to play you? Oh. How would you feel, one, of having some actor... Live with you and portraying you for one, for one like learning all your mannerisms and everything would that be weird? I think um, it'd be weird.
0: I mean, if they want to do a movie, fine. I don't know about the living with me. Like I get the one to spend time and like hang out and pick my brand and stuff like that. I but living in the same house with me and like I don't even know who to to pick. Like I don't I don't think I could pick somebody.
1: Young Quentin Tarantino, yeah. is that what your buddy said?
0: Oh god, so dumb.
1: Um, yeah. Who? That's that's an interesting question. For you, I say Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory. Ah, oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know who I would have play me. Probably Brad Pitt. That seems reasonable. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, Johnny Depp could probably play you now. He's you know you could have Nicholas Cage actually.
0: I. You know what? You take it. I take it.
1: He would probably do a good job.
0: I don't know if, like, he he wouldn't know what to do because I'm nowhere near, like, I don't, anything in my life wouldn't give him the, the opportunity to pull his, his craziness, like, sounds like, you know what I mean? Like, unless if he were playing parts while I was at work and, like, did the things that I wanted to do in my head, well, like, I'm dealing with, like, a bullshit customer.
1: I think it would have to go back, way back in time to our origins. <laughs> At least our adult origins in the buggy fields. For you people who don't know, once upon a time long ago... Not long enough. Not long enough. It's got to be like ten years for me, but at least ten years ago, and the days just... They they stick with you. It's kind of like a war. Yeah. You see things and you never outlive them. But once upon a time, me and Spencer, Spencer and I, worked as cart pushers at Walmart. Courtesy Associates when we started, and then Buggy Pusher, and then eventually, because in Pennsylvania they call them buggies for some reason, and then eventually just Buggy Bitch. <laughs> and we've seen all kinds of things no one, no should, man should ever witness. N-
0: nobody should see the things that we've seen. We
1: worked in a hurricane, which doesn't even make sense mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, but it definitely was. <laughs> like, cars were moving. <laughs> we uh, dealt with blizzards. And like the elements, that was the thing we didn't mind.
0: That was the least pro the least amount of things that caused the problems with the elements.
1: Oh man, we found a, a prostitute. There was a prostitute we called Queenie in this town who uh she was about eighty. She still pulled tricks, but she had a mattress in the back of her vehicle for some certain purposes. <laughs> And one day she just dropped it off at Walmart, and who had, who had to take to that mattress back to the who, dumpster? Who had to move the AIDS mattress? Ah, uh, hmm. it was definitely an AIDS mattress because it had stains and blood, and it was gross. Though
0: I think our our way of getting it back there was genius, though. We put it on a shopping cart. <laughs> but I mean, even like we used like poles. Yeah, we made like a makeshift. Fu- there we we p- used to pick it up, like uh, like almost like some kind of plinko thing. We
1: made like a makeshift like funeral casket <laughs> lifter, and uh yeah, that was that was that was terrible. I don't know why we had to do that, but anyway, that was our humble origins. That was the most tame story I could think of. I just didn't, I don't want to gross everybody out. What about
0: should we tell them about the? The mayonnaise, uh, crazy straw.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that one's not too bad. It's still, it's not as bad as aid mattress, but it's still gross. Well, it's definitely gross. One time, Spencer and I were walking through the parking lot, because we would just randomly walk around searching for things at times, and I stopped, and I, it was one of those weird, it was very strange how this happened. It was one of those moments of, like, self-reflection I, just, I remember looking at you and I said, Spencer, have you ever just stopped and looked around at how gross this place is? And I'm like, what do you mean, Caleb? And we both turned at the exact same time and just looked in a random direction and saw a jar of a Miracle big, Whip. A big one. The Jumbo family size jar of Miracle Whip. And it was it only had about a quarter of mayonnaise left in it. And in that jar. With mayonnaise all the way up through it was... Not a straw. A fancy, like... One of those little kids swirly straws. Like a fun straw. (laughs) Yeah, one of the crazy... Mayonnaise all the way up to the brim. Somebody was fucking (laughs) drinking that mayonnaise. Through a crazy straw. But that's not even the grossest part of that story. I mean... Finding it was disgusting, but wasn't it the mayonnaise we kept and kept filling it with eggs we found?
0: Well, we, we'd keep it and kept it in the overstock so we could build up the stank, but we also <laughs> did that with 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 the eggs, too. One time when we were bored, we took, uh we, we emptied out a water bottle and we found a cotton. It was cotton, a Gatorade bottle. Gatorade. And uh, we found a cotton and eggs, and instead of retaining it like we should have, we just cracked them open and filled the the, uh, the bottle up with eggs and... Just put it over into the ocean. In the baking
1: sun of August. (laughs) Yeah. It's like July and August.
0: And just randomly would go like, we'd have to do it every couple weeks like, man, let's smell it. Let's see how bad it gets.
1: We, um, it got bad. It turned like all kinds of weird colors before it turned black. That thing was there for a while. Like definitely all summer and into the fall. (laughs) Well, I don't know why we actually did that. It was a science experiment, I guess. (laughs) But anyway, I don't know how we got on this fucking topic. We were talking about they made a movie of our lives, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Nicholas That Page. would be the whole
1: movie. I don't even see why anything after that would be interesting. Yeah,
0: that, that, that's the only thing that would be worth putting on film. I'm
1: trying to think how, how long... Did, I worked there for five years. Yeah. Yeah, when did I quit there? Maybe it wasn't ten years ago. No. 2012?
0: No, I was there for like almost six. I did it for almost six before I transferred.
1: I'm gonna say, I'm 32 now. I think I started that job when I was 22. Yeah, so it was a while ago. It was 2019. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know, but that was that was a bad time. I didn't like any day I ever worked there, I don't think. No. We did a lot of things we weren't supposed to. Anyway. Well, I guess we could end it on that. That was very interesting. Did you, um, find anything about Hunter S. Thompson you found quite intriguing?
0: I mean, I didn't know he was such a gun guy.
1: Yeah, I knew he liked his guns, because I just like I said, I saw the videos. I didn't know he was in the NRA or that he had to fucking try to murder his neighbor once.
0: I didn't know that he didn't, he had to save that poor lady's life who was in jail because...
1: Yeah, the shooting f- thing. Yeah, like that, that... That was pretty wild.
0: That's so fucked up. That seems like something that would happen now.
1: Yeah. Well, think about before the internet how many times things like that happened. True. That was more recent though because he, uh, how long was she in jail? I forget.
0: Like seven months or something
1: like that. Yeah, so but that was more recent because I said it was right when he died before she got yeah. out. So that was like two thousand five. That's about all we have for that one. I you, mean, is
0: there? I know you're more of a Hunter Thompson guy. Is there anything? Well, I read based? Fear and
1: Loathing, but that's about it. I didn't huh. really check out his other work. I want to read Fear and Lo- uh, Loathing on the Campaign Trail sometime. His writing style is very unique. I like it. It's it's entertaining for sure. I wouldn't say he's. Like a real literary writer, but he definitely has his moments. And I, I never seen how he wrote, but I feel like he was one of those uh, one-finger-at-a-time-on-a-typewriter guys.
0: Probably.
1: I never did a whole bunch of drugs and wrote anything, so I don't know how that would work out for me. But after his daily routine, I'd see that as... That'd be challenging, I would think. Because I know if I just get kind of drunk, I can't... My writing sucks ass. So imagine being hammer drunk, high on weed, cocaine, mushrooms, acid. And what was the other thing he took? Just a bunch of he took like cocaine every hour. Well, as fun as that was, if you folks want to catch more of what we do, you can hit us up on drunkenpenwriting.com. You can hit us up on drunkpenwriting at you know on Twitter there. And uh, same on Facebook, drunkenpenwriting, and you can email us at drunkenpenwriting at Google.com. And we are taking suggestions for podcast ideas. We have a good bit of them saved up, but we, we can always use more.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: And until next time, try not to do a lot of drugs and write. And if you do happen to do a lot of drugs and write, send us the work, because we want to read that.
0: Yeah, I want to know what what that uh, sounds like.
1: All right, folks. Have fun.
0: See ya. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water
1: that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? Turn the friggin' frogs gay. crap. <laughs> <laughs> Frogs, friggin' frogs! It's not funny. I'm gonna say it real slow for you. Ya. Gay frogs. <laughs> Won't you fight for your life? Gay frogs, friggin' frogs!
0: Frogs! Friggin' frog
1: crap! (laughs) Won't you fight the frogs? (laughs) It's not funny! I'm gonna say it real slow for ya.